0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this edition of the show, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about some comments that have allegedly come from some sources within Arsenal Football Club about the current transfer window. We're also going to be reacting to Brendan Rodgers' comments this afternoon regarding James Madison and his future so lots uh, to get into now uh there was a com- there were some comments earlier on about the uh the quality of the video and i have tried to get one of my other cameras to work so please give us a thumbs up in the chat if it's all uh, if it's all better at least than it normally is. It's not going to be perfect because I haven't quite worked it out yet but uh, hopefully for those of you watching us on the video stream it is far better quality. Right let's say a big hello to all of you currently in the live chat and of course to those of you who'll be watching or listening to this back a little bit later on and we're going to begin with Charles Watts's piece from Goal. Dot com. Now, Charles Watts uh, is one of the best Arsenal journalists out there. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, he's fantastic at what he does. And in a lot of ways, what he says is normally gospel, isn't it? So we're delighted uh, to have kind of to have journalists like that within the Arsenal realm that we can kind of uh, refer to and listen to and, you know, I guess, take guidance from as to how things are going in the Arsenal world at the moment. And Charles Watts has penned a piece about Arsenal's transfer window and he's included some quotes uh, which are supposedly from a source within the club that say, judge us at the end of the window and it's urging the fans to have patience and judge Arsenal at the end of the window. Now, I know there's still a few weeks left of the current transfer window, right? We all know that. And I've been... Very kind of big on urging people to just calm down a little bit, to chill out a bit, to just relax a little bit, not to stress too much about where this window is going. And I guess to look back on it and judge it when the window closes. And that's the kind of message that is coming out of Arsenal Football Club right now. But the more I think about this, the more this kind of comment from the club irritates me because what have they done so far to you know, encourage us to keep the faith in them? What have they done that says we are definitely 100% moving in the right direction? Because as a lot of you have pointed out over the last few weeks, Arsenal have only really added one player to the first 11. We've only really upgraded in one of our positions. And I would argue actually is Ben White at this stage in his career 100% an upgrade on David Luiz, who I thought had a really good season last season. I'm not saying he won't be in the future and I'm not saying that the Ben White signing is one I'm against or I don't like or I disagree with. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I do think that it was a really, really good signing. But the point is here is that Arsenal are yet to show us that they deserve our faith, are yet to show us that we should be patient in this transfer window and there is no indication that things are going to get better in the short term, you know, between now and the end of the window, because it seems like everyone we've gone after or everyone we've been linked with or everybody we've talked about, it, after a couple of weeks, the, the kind of links just disappear and the, the, it, the noise quietens down and it feels like we're not actually moving forward. Now, again, this might sound like I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because I did say last week, you know, less. Let's take a step back and look at where Arsenal are travelling as a football club and the bigger picture and the bigger plan, which I agree with. I do think that you have to do it in a smart way. I do think that in order to close the gap on the sides above us, we do need to be clever in our recruitment and we kind of need to accept and acknowledge and recognise that we don't have what I call a sugar daddy who will be able to do what Chelsea do every summer or what Manchester City are doing right now. Jack Grealish for hundred million pounds. And it looks as though they're going to go after Harry Kane after that as well. So I recognize, understand that Arsenal, um, you know, can't do that. And I recognize and understand that we need to approach things in a different way. I think that judging it at the end of the window is sensible. I think that that is the way that we have to look at it as fans and I think it's very easy to get caught up in that whirlwind of emotion and maybe at the time of recording this podcast I am at that point where I am a little bit frustrated and that frustration is kind of coming out in this podcast perhaps it is I don't know let me know what you guys think but. I just I look at it at the moment and I still think we're we're a million miles away. And that's the big thing that upsets me. You know, if you said to me that we were one signing away and we had all this time, you know, three weeks or whatever uh, to be able to do to do it, then I'd say, OK, you know, we're we're only looking at one target. We're only focusing in one position. And so it should be achievable. But what we're in is we're in a position where we probably need to strengthen in the center of midfield. We probably need to strengthen in the number 10 position. We need a goalkeeper. And you could argue that we need a right back as well. So you're talking about four positions at minimum that Arsenal really do need to address. And that's too many for me. It's just too many. And it's too much to focus on at the same time. You're almost spreading yourself too thin. And I think that it's impossible to do the right due diligence on all of your targets and really look at options and explore options with such a short space of time. So, you know, with such a short space of time and such few people actually working on it as well. So I am a little bit worried. I am a little bit concerned. I'm not going to lie. Um, As for judging the window at the end of the window, I get that and I normally do do that. But today I'm having one of those days where I am starting to question it and I am starting to wonder a little bit about what's going on at the club. But ultimately, you can't even really judge it at the end of the window. You've got to judge it at the end of the season. You've got to judge it based on how those players you brought in have actually impacted your team and taken you to another level and whether that's been the case. And if that has been the case, you can look back at the summer window and say it was successful, say it was the right kind of moves that were made. It was the right, you know, we made the right decisions at the right times. Because you look at last summer's window, and we brought in Gabriel, who was, in my opinion, a a really good young centre-half with lots of ability and lots of potential, and we brought in Thomas Partey. And I remember at the time kind of saying, well, for years and years and years, Arsenal have been you know, crying out for a dominant centre-back, someone of a kind of physical nature like Gabriel. And we've been crying out for a centre-midfielder in the shape of Thomas Partey. And both those players come in and for one reason or another, Arsenal didn't really improve in terms of their league position. Arsenal didn't really show at least significant progress off the back of what we thought was a really positive window. And then we got to the January window and we brought in Matty Ryan and we brought in Martin Odegaard at, last, at the last minute. And we moved on some of the deadwood. And again, you know, yes, it's a very, very good window. And we did pick up in the second half of the season, you know, so you can say that, you know, there was some positive kind of bits there, but it still wasn't enough to get us back to where we needed to be. So you've got to say that it is a little bit worrying at this point, 5th of August, you know, the transfer window closes at the end of the month. But I'm kind of holding on to this bit of hope that actually Arsenal are working tirelessly behind the scenes and there is something brewing maybe that we just haven't quite got wind of yet. That's my kind of solace here. That's how I'm feeling on this because with every week that passes by, the James Madison thing seems more and more difficult to do. And Brendan Rodgers has been speaking about that this afternoon. He's uh, you know, reiterated Lester's position on Madison, that he's not for sale at the moment. Uh, and he just didn't want to talk about it. You know, he kind of refused. He spoke about how happy Madison is, what a big part of the club he is, the fact that he's just had a kid and probably doesn't want to be unsettled again and all of this. So that didn't really give me encouragement in that one. And again, you know, I might look back at this particular episode of the podcast and and say that I was maybe a little bit OTT or, or feeling a little bit frustrated at the time I recorded it but it's just how I feel right now and this is the chronicles of Aguna at the end of the day and that's what we're here to do but I'm interested to know what you guys think about it because it's getting increasingly difficult as a fan who is really trying to stay positive to keep batting away the criticism that comes in Arsenal's direction as a result of the I guess lack of significant transfer business are we reliant on sales if we are reliant on sales if a lot of that money that we're hoping we can spend on the likes of James Madison a goalkeeper etc is made up of money that we're going to be bringing in then that doesn't bode very well you know that doesn't give me much confidence because we're not getting money in for Hector Bayerin. we're not getting money in for Granite Xhaka now we're not getting money for alexander lacazette and and this kind of message coming out of the club don't judge us till the end of the window almost suggests that there is something in the pipeline but i can't see a lot of these players that we're talking about as potential departures going for significant amounts of money so uh, when i try and take optimism from what they're saying and the message that they're putting out there. They're putting this message out through a mouthpiece in Charles Watts. You know, the club uses journalists as a mouthpiece. So they're putting this message out, and they're hoping to get that across to the fans, which they've done this afternoon. That's why we're talking about it. But when you put a message out like that, my God, you've got to live up to it. Because if you don't, You're going to get come at from every single direction. And Ella makes a great point in the chat box. And this may be uh, contributing to the way I'm feeling, actually. He says, Harry, I think fans' patience dwindles faster when you see your rivals' transfer activity, i.e. Lukaku to Chelsea and Grealish or Kane to City. Us fans just get demoralized. Yeah. um, You know, it is... It is true. You know, and maybe this is why I'm starting to feel like this over the last couple of days. You know, I'm looking at Manchester City. They want Jack Grealish. What's his uh, what's his asking price? Bang. There you go. Let's get it done. And while I don't expect Arsenal to go and spend 100 million on a single player and I don't expect Arsenal to be shopping in the same supermarket as Man City, as Chelsea. I do expect Arsenal to at least be moving forward in terms of transfers and to be active. And when you finish eighth two seasons running, it's very clear that you do need to be active. Now, it's not always about going and signing 11 brand new players. You know, it's about coaching. It's about developing. It's about tactics. It's about getting the right blend between new recruits and getting more out of what you currently have. But I don't know, man. I I don't know. Maybe I'm going to regret this episode. Maybe I'm going to regret this episode tomorrow, but or maybe even at the end of the window. But I am feeling a little bit frustrated and a little bit demoralized today. I've got to say. Uh, off the back of all the things I'm reading and and what I'm hearing. Uh, Matt says, honestly, it's really difficult to stay positive, especially with the mega signings that are about to happen. But my thinking is, what's the alternative? Shouting and screaming, getting angry at the club? Yeah, look, I get that. Um, I don't think we can shout and scream now. I don't think we're at that point. I think you can shout and scream if the window slams shut and you feel like Arsenal haven't done the right business. And then when the season kicks off, if you're seeing issues in the team as a result of us not going and strengthening in certain areas, then again, you can shout and scream and that's fully justified. So I want to make it clear. I'm not shouting and screaming yet, but I am feeling a bit worried. I've got to say, I am. Uh, Vishal says, uh, hi, Harry, not to sound negative, but we had a lot of time for research and scouting. We can't get greedish, but we could have got Buendia. By the way, Pereira has moved to Saudi Arabia. Another what could have been... I mean let, let's let's take this a little bit back to to Edu and and Mikel Arteta and we've talked a lot about how they are perhaps a little bit inexperienced in comparison to some of their peers at you know big football clubs you know that you see big football clubs make sure they have the right executives in place and they make sure they have the right people uh, in the positions when it comes to dealing with transfers i think Chelsea are very very good at that i think Man City have shown themselves Aside from having tons of cash to just be able to throw at anybody, they do do business in a very effective way, smart way. Um, and that's all good, you know, fine. But you got you, you take it back to Edu and Arteta and you do worry a little bit that the pair might be out of their depth. And on a show we've done not too long ago, where I was joined by Tom from the Guna Talk and uh, Jess from She Knows Arsenal, I asked Jess the question, didn't I? And it was a listener question that came across during the show. And it was, do we think that Edu and Arteta's inexperience is is causing us an issue in transfer negotiations and I think Jess answered that point brilliantly. She said that well we can't really know because we're not in the room with those two. You know, we're not in the room when they're dealing with negotiations and then we've had the the comments come out from Ben White's agent about how good and really professional and brilliant Edu and Mikel Arteta were to work with during that process, during the process of landing Ben White. And you kind of think well is it a little bit harsh to knock their inexperience when we don't actually know what they're like in the negotiation room? And I think that's probably it. You know, I think that's probably the right place to be at in terms of kind of forming an opinion um, on, on whether those two guys are the problem rather than the solution. But it's just, I look at that squad right now and we we heard, didn't we, constantly about this being a massive summer for Arsenal. And look, it still could be. There's still certainly enough time left but I expected more at this point. And with time running out, it's looking less and less likely, not impossible, but less likely that we're going to be able to bring in another two or three really top quality players to kind of take the team on to the next level. And, and all the time, our competitors, our rivals are doing business and seemingly moving further ahead. So, yeah, I'm having a bit of a wobble today. i got to say, uh, i got to say. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, A couple of you kind of mentioning the fact about, um, you know, that the Arsenal supposedly had this big plan, um, you know, this big plan in place for the summer and they've yet been, uh, well, they've so far been unable to execute that. And I think to a degree, I've got a little bit of sympathy for them because I think you can have a plan mapped out on paper, but if it doesn't work financially, then you can't always do that and you can't always pull it off. But It is a frustration, you know, it is a frustration to find Arsenal in this place where even if we did have a plan, it clearly wasn't a realistic one because we've not really executed that much yet. Ben White's come in great, Nuno Tavares has come in. I think he's a good prospect and he covered that Uh, Kierintini position. I think the same can be said for Sambi Lekonga, cover uh, and a really good prospect. But we need more than that. We were eighth last season and eighth the season before that. We're only five points off of the top four last season, which is not the end of the world. And I think if you take away some of the individual errors or even the refereeing decisions that I felt went against us, we'd have closed that gap. But we still need more as a football team. You know, it's very easy to make excuses looking elsewhere and pointing at other things and other people and other reasons why you didn't achieve something. But we need to be doing the best that we can do and then worrying about that stuff, you know. Uh, wow! Really kind super chat uh from G. Van Dalliwal. He says, uh, "Harry, something to just ponder: in August 2017, versus Leicester under the Professor, our team consisted of Laka, Xhaka, and El Neni, Kolasinac, Holding, and Bellerin. We have been accustomed to our lack of change. One thing that changes the kit. Yeah, look, it's a great point. You know, we've we've not really uh, managed to move players on. We've struggled to do that." a lot of that is um a lot of that is to do with the fact that we we invested so big on a lot of those players you know Lacazette was a big money investment as was Granit Xhaka said Kolasinac was on a big contract it wasn't a big investment it was a free transfer but It was a big investment in terms of the contract, Bellerin on good money as well. And Arsenal have been unable to move a lot of these players on, as we've seen. You know, Laka coming towards the end of his contract, not a great deal of interest in him at the moment. Xhaka, we couldn't get the fee that we wanted for him. El Neni's been out on loan a couple of times and he's back now, more so out of desperation from an Arsenal perspective than anything else. Kalasinac went out on loan, but he's back now. Uh, Can't get rid of him. Bellerin the same a player who wants to leave and we can't get rid of him. So the reason we haven't seen that much change, I think is because we've gone so big on some of these players. It's been really hard to move them on without really taking a massive financial hit. And the club just haven't been willing to do that. And that's a lot of the reason why I do get behind the idea of a rebuild. And I do think that Mikel Arteta needs time because of all those things you've mentioned There are so many long-standing problems at the club that you're never going to rectify and solve that overnight. But in order for this project to move forward quick enough for the fans to keep the faith, then there needs to be more business now um, and at this point. And that's where the concern is. That's where the worry is. Final thought from me before we take some questions from you guys in the chat is, I do realise that I am having a bit of a wobble today when it comes to Arsenal and where we're going and the direction that we're moving in. I do acknowledge that I have been really positive. I have tried to remain really positive and focused and give the club the benefit of the doubt, at least until the end of the window before I cast my judgments. And I still will do that. I still will give them the benefit of the doubt until the end of the window, but I just felt it was worth doing a a show on these comments coming out of the club from a source within the club who say to the fans, be patient stay patient and judge us at the end of the window now that suggests to me that they believe big things are happening let's see put your money where your mouth is and let's see how it goes right let's take some of your questions in the live chat box uh make sure uh, you pop a little cue at the beginning so it's easier for me to pick them out Uh, Don't forget, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to Manscaped. Check out the Lawn 4.0. What a fantastic product. Uh, It will give you a nice, clean, smooth finish with antique skin cutting technology. And that's exactly what you need when uh, attacking that particular area. So get involved. Head over to Manscaped.com. Enter our discount code 90MIN20. And as I say, you'll get 20% off as well as free shipping could save yourself a fair amount of money. So do get involved. Also, let's check in where we are in terms of the likes. I can see on YouTube alone right now, there are over 436 of you watching. That's massive. Uh, But we've only got 85 likes. Let's get that up to 150 at least as soon as possible. Should be light work. So get involved. Hit the like button. Doesn't cost a thing. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, as we approach 15,000 here on YouTube alone. Uh, Let's take this super chat from Marshall B. Thank you very much. Great day for super chats. Uh, He says, uh, what would actually make you feel like judging Arsenal positively? What signings would they have to make for you to deem this window successful? Well, I'll go back to the point I made a little bit earlier on, Marshall, that I couldn't 100% deem the window to be successful until I see how our season pans out. I think when you can see, when you can look at the bigger picture, you can look back and you can say, yeah, it was a really good window because it saw us at this player, at that player, which took us to this level and saw us achieve whatever. I think when you go back to last summer, I think I was quite pleased with the window. I was always of the the opinion that you can't address every single position properly unless you have a sugar daddy in one window and it's why I've been quite content this summer for Arsenal to not say we need to strengthen in five positions and maybe pick the top three and go out and deal with those because I'd rather we sign three top players that are going to be with us for us for some time and that are going to take us up to the next level. than we went and signed five where two of them were a bit meh and then we end up being stuck with players again on big contracts that we don't necessarily want 24 36 months down the line so I guess for me I think now at this point in the window we've addressed the centre-half issue we've we've brought in Ben White to replace David Luiz and Ben White fits that profile perfectly in terms of uh, future value and and a player that will be with us for a period of time now I think centre of midfield is really important and I think attacking midfield is really important I also think Arsenal have to get a goalkeeper in but I'd be okay because of the fact that there is so much to do with Arsenal going in and bringing in a second-choice goalkeeper to kind of play backup to Burn Leno, but this is my issue. You know, we have got into the last month of the window with so much to do that it feels really, really difficult. If we signed, for argument's sake, now James Madison, um, a backup goalkeeper, I don't know who, um, and a centre midfielder. I'd be content with that window. But I also think we need a right back. And I also think we could probably do with changing our striking options in the future as well. But that's my point. You you can't do it all at once. So I just want to see at least two to three signings now of a really good calibre. Aside, you know, barring the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper, I don't mind if it's someone, you know, maybe towards the end of their career, just someone who could come in and do a job, someone who isn't necessarily that fancied, a bit like Matt Ryan was when we brought him in. That I'm okay with, but I think we need to add at least two really good quality first team players uh, between now and the end of the window. And that's what I'd um, I'd be happy with. And that's what I would say is a successful window. But of course, I'll reserve my full judgment on how successful that window is until we see how that impacts our season. Uh, let's take uh, this one from Ron Wolf, who says, "Hi, Harry. What's your expectations for the first three matches? Considering the fact Partey is injured, unfinished business in the market, and three very difficult games." Yeah, I, you make a great point, and I don't think we can come to conclusions off the ba- basis of the first three games. I think we can start to shape uh, opinions based on how we play, how we perform, what we maybe see tactically, what we see of certain players, but we could quite easily only pick up three points from the first three games. And if that was to happen, then I don't think we could go too crazy because we're going to play Chelsea and we're going to play Manchester City. Two teams who contested the UEFA Champions League final last season and two teams who, in my opinion, are head and shoulders above us. So I'm not going to be silly in my assessment. I'm not going to be OTT in my assessment of those first three games. I will be drawing conclusions of course I will. And I will be taking things away from them. But I, if Arsenal took three points from the first three, it's not ideal. But I couldn't really sit there and slag them off. You know, I, I it, for me, if we do get beat by City, if we do get beat by Chelsea, it's about the nature of the performances, more, more importantly. I don't expect us to finish above any of those two sides. And so for me, I'll be looking for, I'll be looking a little bit deeper, basically, in terms of how we play how competitive we are, uh, as opposed to drawing my conclusions based on solely the result. Uh, so there we go. Um, hold on. Uh, Fuo uh, F-U-O-B-A-N says, at first you said judge at the end of the window. Now it's at the end of the season, which is it. I've been watching you for a long time, but not a fan of the way you keep pushing the goalpost. Well, I've just said that you can make an opinion or you can draw an opinion or a, a conclusion on the window at the end of it. But the caveat will always be there as to what did we achieve at the end of the season? Uh, You know, looking back on the season, how well did that window actually work out? And and I used last season as an example. I looked at it, Gabriel and Partey, I was delighted with that. I thought William was a good signing as well. At the time, obviously I was wrong. And then the season ended and we were still in eighth place. So what I'm saying is, you can decide whether you like the business that Arsenal did in the window or not. But ultimately, you can't really decide on how good that window was until the end of the season, because we thought last summer's window was excellent, and it turned out not to be. Thomas Partey missed half the season injured. Gabriel had a bit of a wobble, I would say, midway through the season. William was a complete flop. But none of us at that point went, wow, we've bought in three shit players. We were all quite pleased with it. And that's the point I'm saying. You can have an idea on how you think the window's gone, but until the season ends, you don't really know. Uh, Let's pick out a couple more questions. Uh, Chase says, uh, "Do you think Madison can be both our attacking midfield and central midfield signing? He can start over Shaka and can slot in for ESR if out of form or hurt. Shaka can also slot in for Partey if out of form or hurt." I'm a little bit reluctant to put James Madison in that position. I think in this current system we are, um, I think in this current system, we are asking our midfielders to be a lot more disciplined than what James Madison is. And I'm not sure that that works. If I'm honest, I think that James Madison can play in that more advanced role or can play as a traditional centre midfielder. What Mikel Arteta is looking for at the moment is Thomas Partey, who's going to be kind of box-to-box, box, and then he's looking for that deep-line midfield player. That is Granit Xhaka currently. I don't think Madison fits into the Xhaka category. I think he doesn't even fit really into the Partey role So I don't think he defends well enough. So I, I disagree. I think that he can only be uh, a creative midfield player. That's what he'd be coming in to do. Maybe in a three-man flat midfield, that works differently, but I'm basing it on the current system uh i'm getting called a politician in the chat all sorts uh big hello to scagnetti jack who's watching us for the first time Uh, and he says you seem like a great politician please show some passion and commit to a point of view thanks um i have committed to a point of view i've just spent the first 15 minutes talking about how frustrated i am with the lack of activity so far anyway um Let's see. Uh, let's take this one uh, from Roy Eaton. Would you start Le Conga alongside Xhaka until Partey is fit again? As I feel he has more to offer than on any. Absolutely. 100%. Arsenal have gone and spent close to £20 million on, on Albert Laconga, and he's a player that they rate incredibly highly. Based on what I've seen of him so far, Even if he is going to make mistakes, I'd rather throw him in at the deep end and allow him to develop and allow him to get that all so important Premier League experience than invest more time in Mohamed Neni, who clearly isn't the future of Arsenal Football Club and is nothing more than a squad player. Um, You know, so for me, I think that's a no brainer. I'm not sure that Mikel Arteta will go down that route. I think he will be a little bit more cautious i think he will decide to uh, to stick with mohamed elneny but i just don't i just don't think that that's the right way to go i think on the one hand um on the one hand we're talking about arsenal needing to move forward and we're talking about this project and we're talking about longevity and that being the right approach well those players are never going to get to that level if you don't pick them and the moment you're picking somebody like Mohamed Elneny ahead of a massive prospect that you've just gone and forked out a significant amount of money on, it's it's just, I don't know, um, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I can't get behind El Nenny starting ahead of, of Lokonga. You, you've gone out, you've signed him, you've made the investment, give the boy the chance. At least let him fail before you revert back to the Mohamed any option. Uh, Giancarlo says, uh, I've just jumped on the stream, so I have rewound, but I have a question for you, which I hope uh, I'll catch towards the end if you choose to answer it. Uh, what was your question, mate? Uh, do you, have you put it in already or are you putting it in? Uh, I'll come back to you in just a second. Going to pick one more uh, before I do that from William Kai, who says, hey, Harry, do you think the pursuit of Lautaro Martinez is over now? And in terms of alternatives, it seems Tammy Abraham is going to Atalanta and Ings has gone to Villa. Thoughts? Um, do I think the pursuit of Lautaro Martinez is over? I can't say for sure, but I do feel like the the imminent departure of Romelu Lukaku is going to deal us a serious blow in our pursuit of Lautaro. I talked about it before. I don't think Inter would be open to allowing both those players to leave in the same window Uh, Tammy Abraham I'm not really sure about Tammy Abraham if I'm honest uh you know I, I don't know if I think he's what we need um there are elements of his game that I really like but there are elements elements of his game that I'm unsure about so for me that one depends on the price and uh Danny Ings well that one came out of nowhere didn't it Aston Villa swooping in for Danny Ings but you know what um I think they've overpaid. I think they've massively overpaid for a 30 year old going into the last year of his contract, but there you go. And especially with the injury record that Danny Ings has as well, it feels like a massive, massive risk, um, on, uh, on Aston Villa's part, uh, Giancarlo, I haven't seen your question in the chat box, but I promise you, if you drop it in, in the next show, uh, while we're live, I will pick it up. Uh, let's quickly check in where we are at in terms of likes before we, uh, lock off uh, this latest stream there's over 550 of you watching us on youtube live at the moment we've only got 158 likes let's try and get that up to 200 should be achievable uh, there's more than enough of you in the chat box so uh, please do it It really really does help and subscribe to the channel if you are new uh, i'll be back very very soon with more if you want to become a member you can do so by clicking on the link in the description we'd love to have you um if not, just make sure you're subscribed and hit the like button. That that really helps too. Uh, but I'll catch you all very, very soon with more Arsenal content. I'm off to play football tonight for the first time in about 18 months. God help my knees. Catch you all later. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Mark and Tyler. And you're listening to Harry Simeon.